Hello, welcome to the World Cafe Podcast. This podcast has been designed with curated content that centers on the power of words. Can we really do anything without speaking? Can we really do anything without the agency of words? Yes, that is what this podcast is all about. And I am your host, Amakri Subway, your neighborhood word trader. I believe in the power of words, for it is the unit of creation. I trade in words to profit my world. Hello there. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, we're back again to the World Cafe Live Show. How you doing, guys? It's been a while. I know. You know, sometimes when you do this, you get so engrossed in it. And somehow when you mm, take a little break, it feels like forever. But we're back again. So how you doing? Yes, good morning, good afternoon, good everything. That's the way we say it on the show. Yes. So how are you? What's happening at your end? Well, let me tell you what's happening at my end. It's raining where I am today. Yes, pretty, pretty, pretty. It's been raining all day. So it's a wet day on this side of the globe. But it's okay. It's okay. Yes, we're back. And today I have somebody, an exciting personality, you know, on the show with me. Don't worry. He's around. Yes, you know how we'll do it. We'll bring him on very soon. I mean, his, his, let me use the word, exciting. You know, the way he expresses himself and all that. You know, when I got talking with him to like, ah, will you do this with me? Wow, he just jumped at it immediately. All right, enough of the chatty, chatty, chat. Let me bring him on. Who is he? The name is already there. Yes. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Orlando Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing well and and lucky and blessed to be here with you. Awesome. You know why I call your name the way I call your name? Mm -mm. Do you know what? No, what's that? Yes, because my elder brother's name is Orlando El Paso. So the first time I saw your name, I was like, hmm. (laughs) Okay. So I call call it with so much energy because... I, he's full talking of to life. your brother. Okay, exactly. I'm looking to my brother. How you doing? All right, I'll try to live up to that energy he has. Oh wow, wow, wow! So what's it like at your end? What's it right like now, at your end? California. It's a, a cool morning. It's, a, it's the weather uh, seasons are changing, so uh, the days are a lot cooler than they have been, which has been good because we've been experiencing a great deal of drought in California and heat and the fires. So okay. it's good to have the cooler weather today. I can imagine that. Wonderful. All right, before we jump into anything, who is Orlando Taylor? We want to know, who is he? Okay, I would say Orlando Taylor is, you know, a young man who was born in St. Louis, Missouri. He grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, grew up in a neighborhood that was a very uh, connected neighborhood, um, a historic neighborhood, the real neighborhood of St. Louis. Uh, has one of the oldest high schools uh, in the country of the United States. Uh, it's a, uh, a black high school that is the oldest high school, Winter Sumner High School, which is the oldest high school west of the Mississippi River in the United States. So, so it was a uh, it was a very encouraging time, and I had a lot. A lot of great mentors, a lot of great teachers along the way who really encouraged me to uh, really uh, improve myself, to really kind of treat this life as I go through this life, uh, to become that kind of renaissance person who is able to think and speak on a myriad of subjects. You know, and, and I was surrounded by a lot of elders who looked out for me, who watched out for me and 
you know, who wanted me to be the best person I could possibly be. And I can remember I was surprised by a conversation I had with a elder who lived across the street from where I grew up. And one day I was home from college and he was like, hey, you know, I really wanted to stop and tell you that I, I'm really proud of you. And I respect, you know, what you've done. You went away, to, uh, you graduated from high school, you did well, and you went away to college and you did what you were supposed to do. And I just want to tell you um, that I'm very, very proud of you. And so it's that kind of atmosphere, I feel like, helped produce the person that you see today. Awesome. So what was it like? You know, you, you, you talked about Missouri, Mississippi and all that. What was it like growing up at that time, you know, in, in that part of the country for you? I would say it, 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 because you were a kid, you didn't realize a lot of the kind of like social uh, issues that were going on. Um, you were just I, I was just a kid growing up in the neighborhood. But as I got older and could look back, you know, that time was a very, you know, I was born at a time at the end of the 60s. And you still had the revolutionary thoughts that were happening from the 70s and into the early parts of the 80s. And so. Uh, it was a very interesting time, you know, uh, a very powerful time. And there's a lot of blackness and a lot of pride in who you are as a person of African descent, you know, in the world. And so I think it's that uh, tradition under which I grew up on, which inspired me to write, which inspired me to be, you know, an individual who, uh, as the old folks would say, who's approved, who somebody can look at and say, hey, we can trust this individual uh, thought process. And, you know, that they'll be there to help in the community to move, move it along and those kinds of things. And so as... As I graduated from high school and into the uh, in college and uh, to the 90s, you know, you had this bit of a change as you had the country go into this law and order era and you had the drug culture and the gang culture kind of permeate, you know, across uh, the country. And so uh, some of those things, you know, some of those issues I talk about in the book as well. So it's, it's a very interesting time, very it's still times when I was very happy about my life and growing up as a black person in the United States, but there's still a great deal of uh, turmoil that was happening during those early years as well. Yeah. You, you, you sound like one with the great old soul. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate like, it. Yeah, a great old soul. Listening yeah, to you it's like, one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things. I guess I, I was always encouraged to like, never turn away from your elders and I guess as I grew up there were times when I felt more comfortable sitting around and listening to elders than I did people who were my peers you know I can I can imagine that feeling like you know for your age as at that time your 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 peers your age grade and all that will be wondering what's Orlando doing with those exactly exactly <laughs> and I kind of I kind of developed develop that reputation I guess you know uh, if you're familiar with the uh with the uh, animated show The Boondocks I was kind of mm. like a, a Huey Freeman type you know in, in really? my era you know I was always the, I was always the kid to like you know instead of doing all this we probably should be just reading a book <laughs> you know I was a kid yeah who would always be uh, quicker to uh, be under my microscope than I would to ride my bike I can imagine that why 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 poetry why writing why did you choose this aspect of uh, expressing yourself you know because for 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 a lot of us we look at the our brothers across you know like mm-hmm. in the u.s we're into more of singing and the mm-hmm. rock culture and mm-hmm. you but, but you uh, i mean you chose writing why because i felt like it was it was when i was a kid i was a a voracious reader and uh my mother had problems trying to keep me from books that were not uh, age appropriate. Not that there's a bit bad material, but, you know, she wanted to make sure I was reading at, you know, books that were age appropriate. And I think as I got older, the stories that were captivating me in those books, I wanted to be kind of like the uh, author of those stories. You know, I, I learned in the United States, 
the character Anansi became Brer Rabbit. Uh, there's a, a character called Briar Rabbit. And so because of the culture in the Southeast, Anansi became Briar uh, Rabbit, which is basically a black, all black rabbit. And mm. many of the uh, the stories told by Briar Rabbit in the Southeast are the same stories that are told by Anansi. And those captivated me. And it's like, I want to be able to tell stories that touch people, that make people think, that make people laugh, uh, and hopefully that connect people to each, each other. And that was... I think that's uh, a product of, of reading so much. Uh, you, you know, there's there's this ideology or this notion that uh, when I say it's up there, when when it comes to poetry, you always think of somebody like Shakespeare, you know, <clears> like <throat> Shakespearean and all that, and you see a black dude coming up and writing. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess because it, it, it breaks the stereotypes, I guess, in, in a sense, because unfortunately for, you know, uh, black men, uh, particularly in the United States, you know, we exist in, in, a, in a duality. At one time, we're looked at as these untamable beasts who are monsters that are uncontrollable. But then at times, we're also looked at these individuals who are incapable of intelligence, who don't measure up, who are lazy, who don't have great thought process. And you can't be those same two things at, at one time. And so, you know, you, you know, you eventually have to throw away the stereotypes and just look within yourself and look at who you are from a historical perspective and where you come from. And let that be for me, that became the fuel or, or the kind of like a uh, fire on the fireplace, you know, to, to keep me going and to uh, help me be the person I am today. Why did you choose this name for your book, The Scars? Why? Because I felt like uh, right now we are going through an era where I feel like uh, a lot of us are assessing or reassessing who we are as men in the world. And some of the things, you know, particularly in the black community in the United States, um, we've allowed to fester in our community or just some of the things that we haven't taken as men haven't taken responsibility to do in the community. And, uh, and then also the effects of this world. Uh, and, and white supremacy and other issues in the community and how it affects you as a black person and specifically sometimes as a black man. And I believe that we're in an error. Uh, COVID has caused, you know, this to be kind of like the face off error, as a friend said to me, that, you know, you see more and more things more clearly. And I think people are trying to see more clearly and trying to make adjustments and to do better for the community. And that title comes just from as I've gone through my life, and as everybody does, you get scars on your life, and, and it's a representation for me that you've been birthed into life, and that you that you know life, and that you've experienced in life. And these scars are not something that you should be ashamed of, but it's just simply a reality, and it has basically made you who you are. So there's no reason to be ashamed of it. So you, more or less, you're not ashamed of these scars because they they don't put you in a, a demeaning position rather you stand on these cars from a standpoint of strength and your yes it's like your it's part of your foundation of who you are and so you i often wonder uh we often talk about you know things that we regret you know and you know would there be things i would take away from my life to and and, because i think it would make me a better person and what i find is if you remove those things from your life it might make you a completely different person well, so you have to learn to set with them, you know. And, you know. Exactly. Somebody just dropped a comment there, Rachel. Uh, she's a friend and a sister. Okay. She's also a writer. You can see that. She said, "I want to write stories that will make people think." So, exactly. What are you? You know, 
what's what's the end to your writing? Is it to make people, to make people think, or beyond yeah. that? Uh, to make people think, and also to connect to, to as people think, you also connect to uh, understand that you're not that different than anyone else. Okay. And I think that sometimes, particularly uh, in the in in the whole African diaspora, we talk about you know the various elements of difference in culture. But what I'm finding more and more if I have conversations with people from Senegal, people from Ghana, people from uh, Nigeria, people from Kenya, people from Tanzania, we're not very different at all. And many of the experiences, even though I'm a, a black man and pure person of African descent all the way across the pond, mm. I'm still, my, my experiences are very much in parallel with your experiences. They make their slight subtle differences. Um, but at the same time, we're still uh, uh, dealing with what it means to be a black person in the United States, in this world that has been unfortunately dominated by uh, white supremacist social and economic ideologies towards, specifically in many cases, towards African people. Yeah. Now, I know you have that Nigerian thing flowing around you. Let's talk about the Nigerian thing flowing around you. Mm-hmm. The Nigerian thing. There's a name. <laughs> Lao Lu, am I correct? Oh, Lao Rung, yes. Uh, a friend of mine gave oh, yeah. that to me. So, he was, we were having, you know, a lot of discussions, and he was going through some personal things in his own life, and oh, and, yeah. and uh, I, you know, I told him I'd done my DNA test and came back that I have, I am uh, connected to the Yoruba tribe in Nigeria, and uh, oh. so he gave me that name because he said you're such a person that's full of spirit. You don't have, he said you don't. Have, have may not necessarily have a lot of money but you have a lot of spirit and a lot of wisdom and he said you're so honest and you're so willing to share that it feels like you felt me you filled me with your wealth and so that's where that name coming from from him so so more or less you've traced you've connected the dots now you're from, yes sir you're from you have the thing flowing in you so do you yeah. have any plan do you have any plan i mean within say the nearest future to come around come to Nigeria to be precise now. Yeah, the night the goal is yeah, we hopefully within a year or so to come uh during the early uh spring season like February, March because they say a lot of times the tickets get more expensive once you get past April in any particular year into particularly uh, one person really wants me to come during the celebration era, which is, you know, that what we consider kind of the November, December era. But it's very expensive. To, it's very expensive to come during that time. But I know there's a lot of festivals and a lot of family gatherings, a lot of things happening in various mm-hmm. cities that I would love to see and be connected to. Uh, but it's, 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 it's an expense. And so you just have to plan it out right, you know. But I do plan to come hopefully within a year and, and come and see and enjoy and, and get to meet and connect with, with the uh, people, the, the locals. Beautiful. What is family life like for you? Uh, this period, family life, as in, how do you unwind? How do you spend that time? What is it like for you? Well, you know, doing COVID changed a lot of things. So you have to find ways to be creative because you can't get out and about, or you know, sometimes you have to think about, you know, how you spend your time about you know, around various groups of people. So I spend a lot of time uh, streaming content, uh, movies, TV. I do a lot of reading still. Uh, I spend it as a writer. One of the things that I've learned that you have to learn to sit with yourself, to sit in silence, to sit, you know, in long periods of time, you know, where you're not really engaged deeply with other people because you're trying to pour, you know, these ideas and these characters out into the page. And so I guess for me, from that perspective, a lot of my writer friends are like they're enjoying COVID because... (laughs) It doesn't. It hasn't hurt them because it's like it's, it forces them to write. It gives them opportunities to write in ways they didn't have before. Because many of them now, as you probably know, are working partially or in some cases, you know, 100% remote because of the pandemic. 
will still occur. So it's been good. It's been good, you know, and from that perspective, uh, I cook, you know, those kinds of things. And recently um, I adopted a dog. We, I don't have it yet, but it's coming. And uh, so it's going through this process of uh, getting its shots and getting uh, spayed, neutered and everything. And so within a week, I have a dog here in the house with us as well. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Now, how do you get, I know you've said a little bit of, you know, spending time with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, in that quietness and getting out the creative juice and all that but beyond that do you have any other way that you bring out your creativity onto the canvas around you sure i I think for me i'm a creative person i think a lot of times um I told my sister, she said, being a creative person, you, you feel sometimes greedy creatively because you're always trying <laughs> to find ways to do things to express yourself. So I I, I did the book cover for myself. So I learned a number of years started because I, I part of that creative activity within me. I love digital artwork. So I love seeing like one of the things about IG, I'm connected to a lot of different channels where you see a lot of uh, excellent art. There's one channel called Dope Black Art, which is on Instagram. And they're always just showcasing very beautiful artwork from uh, African and African people from the from the diaspora. Just the creativity. And it's just so wondrous to see so many of us and see how how powerfully creative. And many of us are creative in multiple lanes. And it, it reminded me of, of you know of uh, uh, Tommy Adeyomi's book, Children of Blood and Bone. And in that book, she talks about and deals with magic and how you have different groups. Uh, who have various types of magic and there was one group that was a mixture and they had various ley lines of magic in them and they called I think it was called Tetones and they were a mixture and that's how I feel us in the diaspora we are a we are Tetones we are a mixture of all the beautiful magical ley lines from the continent so inside me I look at myself I feel like it's it's kind of I have to satisfy because it's like the elders the ancestors inside me want to get out and so I have Somali I have Somali in me I have Kenyan in me I have uh, Yoruba I have Mali and I have DRC and all all those things are are fighting, I think, inside of me to get out. And so I find ways, whether it's reading, it's writing, creating art, you know, on my own, trying to write comic books or just trying to also sometimes just looking at other things sometimes inspire me. I can sit down and look at various uh, African fashion, African mm-hmm. crafts and those kinds of things. And I get inspired immediately. Whoa, whoa. I can hear you saying connecting with that DNA that flows. It's a fire, man. It's a fire. fire. Yeah, you can't help it. You you know, it's like when you close your eyes, the DNA is just screaming at you, and you have no choice but to let it out there. I I think that is it. Now, what 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 do you intend to achieve with your book, My Scars and My Backpacks? What do you intend to achieve with it? I I want to believe that's your first work. Yes, it is. And and when I wanted to treat not only just to do an introduction, but also do an introduction that is relevant. Okay. You know, um, the book is broken in down into uh, a few chapters where the first chapter I, I kind of address, you know, my own personal issues. You know, those poems in the first are just my own personal issues and how life has affected me as an individual person. Then the second chapter, I look at my interactions with other people. Uh, and then the third is my interactions as a black man and black America with not only the United States, but that the world And then the last chapter is a couple of um, uh, 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 short stories that have a sci-fi fantasy uh, feel to it because I really just wanted to kind of introduce myself and my ability and just to kind of share various uh, ways that I can 
express myself and speak to other people and, and, and allow people to touch. So I really just wanted to be relevant at a time when people are really looking for a connections to people. I, I'm sure you're aware in the podcast sphere, you've seen there's a number of podcasts where uh, African-American men, men in the UK, men on the continent are having discussions about community, about addressing you know, masculinity, toxicity in the in the social network of the communities and everything. So it's I wanted to speak to that same thing. And I think you're doing some of the same thing with the word Kaifa. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication? And of course, their newest novels. Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Yeah, Rachel is still saying. He's more African in his thinking than he looks, so you can... <laughs> that's what Rachel is saying. <laughs> she just dropped a comment. Tell her, I said, I appreciate more African. it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, okay. yes. I, I, I met I, a brother... <laughs> I met a brother from... Go on. Uh, he's from the Igbo tribe. I met a brother from the Igbo tribe recently, and uh, we were yeah. talking, and I told him I, everything, and he said, yeah, you look like uh, Yoruba people. He said, some of my closest friends are Yoruba. He said, you look like them, so... You look <laughs> like them. So... <laughs> I mean, I can relate. I mean, the minute she dropped that comment, I was like, you're very right, because uh, Orlando is just, he's more African. He's more Nigerian, as in the way he's expressing himself and all that. You know, and it's I think you're going to find more and more people who want to do the same thing, because I think they're, they're realizing that a lot of the, what they feel is their culture is, is, is a shadow of the real culture from West Africa. Of the real culture, true, true. So, what's your plan for the future? You have um, a book out there now. What's the what's the, what's your plan for the future? My future is to is to do more writing. Uh, uh, I'm also interested in becoming a film and television writer as well. We have our website, uh, www.kuumba concepts. Kuumba. We chose that name because it comes from the uh, Nguza Saba from Kwanzaa. And it means creativity, and we wanted to be That's those types of people who are creative. Southern, Southern Africa, right? I want to be exactly. Africa now. Yeah. Yes, sir. yes, sir. Uh, and to bring all of that into it again, more of those ley lines of creativity inside mm-hmm. me, and just bring that out, and to to bring because we want to be able to bring the stories because Africa has a lot of stories that have not been told, and have stories that have been purposely. Uh, pushed down and not paid attention to and what we want to do is be a part of bringing our stories not only from the United States but all of our stories uh, to the fore and our 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 histories our lore our folklore our uh, all those things become woven into you know the social media fabric just like all other cultures are now and I think that's important and I've had conversations with people and, and people are excited people there are people having conversations where they really want to um, create spaces where people can connect and okay. film stories and share that connection with each other. And so I'm, I'm when I get there, I plan to be uh, uh, off and running, you know, and working with people to get those things happening because it needs to happen. That. 
Yeah. yeah. I want it to be more than the uh, I want it to be more than the stereotypical action films we get out of Nollywood. You know, something more and more touching. <laughs> more and more touching. So which mm. African story, I mean, relates with you so well? Let me let, let me test your Africa, should I use the word uh, Africanness? Now, which story? I would say. You, let me hear you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a particular story so much. It is the the. I would say the Orishas uh, amongst the Yoruba really touched me. I've listened to. I've read some some of the stories. I've I've listened to Ifa's talk about what it really means, and that sometimes when Ifa said that sometimes people mistake the Orishas for being gods, and he said in reality. They're not God so much as that these stories represent the forces that are around us that teach us how we are to interact with the world and teach us how we are to interact with each other. And 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 the more I pay attention to those stories, it feels like it opens me up so that I I understand the world around me more and where I'm where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing with the energies of creativity that I have. And so I would say that Rishas have really pointed me to that. That's the tip of the iceberg, I must tell you, because yes, sir. you've not seen it. You've not seen anything yet. You haven't seen mm. anything yet, because for Nigeria, for example, we we mm -hmm. have. Uh, for me, from where I stand, the culture richness in Nigeria it's uh, is beyond one's imagination. Because you talk about the east, you talk about the west, you talk about the south, you talk about the north. But now, when you when, when you dig deep. You come to mm -hmm. see that those who lived or who live along the coastlines have uh, this similar culture that ties them together. Yes. You know, recently yes. I, I, I did I did a little I, I did a little bit of digging. You know, mm -hmm. one of my works yet yes, to be yet to be released. I'm still working on it. I did mm -hmm. a little bit of digging to understand the people along the coast because when you said Mississippi, that just came to me. Yes. And the truth. The truth is, they are all connected. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yes, you trace them. You trace them along the re the, the coastline of River State, the New Calabar River, the mm -hmm. Bight of Biafra, and it flows out of, uh, it flows into, uh, what do you call it now, the West African River line, and it goes and it keeps going. So you can mm -hmm. see that all those who have, traveled along those lines they have something that binds them together correct either you listen to the way they speak the way they pronounce things their belief system and all that so we have a rich culture that's the truth and right. the truth is we are yet to like get the best out of it and I really like what you're doing I really like what you're doing mm -hmm. discover more of this and bring bring this discovery into contemporary times and telling the story the way it should. Okay. So I was simply saying it's, it's funny because uh, a friend of mine was talking about Benin and Togo is like going across the street, you know, for him. Uh, and in similar ways, when you think about uh, yeah, people uh, people from uh, uh, Jamaica, uh, they, ha they have a very Afro, uh, West African perspective uh, and a very West African spirit and their culture is very much informed. Um, by West Africa, so it speaks to what you're saying that we're, uh, when, as you go along, you see there's very, very little differences uh, between our people, so, uh, particularly as you go along the West African uh, coastline. So um, uh, 
it, it speaks to what you're saying and that, that there's very little differences between us and that right. I'm looking forward to seeing how we come together more and more. You know, we have that, yeah. you know, the similarity as you were talking about tracing along the coastal lines. You know, it's funny because once even once you leave the coastal lines of Africa, you go to places like uh, a, a, a big a hot spot for Nigerians is Jamaica. Why? Because Jamaica is so mm -hmm. filled with West African culture naturally you know because of the diaspora so yeah I, I, those connections are very powerful and i think one of the things that i feel like once we realize how connected we still are it, it will kind of like mute a lot of those sometimes dissenting voices that says that a continental african is is completely different than an african born and raised in the uk or the united states or brazil a lot of times people forget that brazil is the largest population of africans outside of the continent not the united states and it's interesting. Mm, true. Mm -hmm. True. True. You're very correct about that. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. All right. Now, what is your plan for the future? More writing. Um, we're setting up some things right now. Setting up some things. Hopefully, talking to some individuals who will help us get some of our ideas in front of for television and film, as well as for comic books. There'll be ideas. Everything from from drama to action hero stuff that is appropriate uh, and expression of you know african stories and african perspective you know throughout the diaspora. so that's that's the goal uh, more writing more writing and to get some things into uh, so into the media as form film and television exactly wonderful wonderful thank you for this moment for uh, granting this uh uh granting us this opportunity to Come on the cafe. I mean, come into the cafe to share your story with us. And the truth is, we look forward to having you more and more as you come over. And uh, yes, a deeper collaboration in the future. You know, I, love, I am. I look so, forward to it. I'm so grateful, guys. We've been discussing with Orlando Taylor. I call him Orlando because that name means a lot to me yes that's my <laughs> elder brother's name orlando oh. so I, I i enjoy calling that name we've been discussing with him he has a book yes the book is titled uh, my scars are my bet max go ahead it's on amazon go look for it wonderful book i tried getting it one uh how was i think a month ago but i don't know what happened with my card and all that so it declined so i'm going to go back for it as and go look for the book all right a wonderful a wonderful piece i, I, I mean i went through the the what do you call it now the reviews and all that beautiful beautiful work you know so guys yes this is where we're going to end it for today yes you've been listening to myself amakri isoboy and orlando taylor on the word cafe live show thank you for I'm having so me grateful i'm so grateful thank you orlando we hope that you will grace this place again i hope so you'll have me again <laughs> thank you rachel is saying thank you she said it's an interesting session you know rachel is also a writer, yeah, <laughs> a writer so. yes 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 she is beautiful writer she's done a book also you know and uh, great 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 work all right guys we have to draw the curtain here till we come here again you know how we do it in the cafe we believe in what words why they are the unit of creation thank you till we come here again what do we say Bye for now. Oh yeah, beautiful. Before we sign off, 
I just want to encourage you. Yeah, it's been a wonderful time. And also, I'd like to hear from you your feedback. You know, you've been listening to the Word Cafe podcast. I would love to hear from you the feedback. If you have any questions, yeah, you go ahead and ask those questions. You can reach me at my email address, amakri garibaldi at gmail.com. Amakri is A M A C H R O double E G A R I B A L D I at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, we'll get back. You know how we do it on the show. Thank you. Awesome time it has been with you on the Word Cafe podcast today. Thank you for being there. You can catch me up on my social media handles, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all at Amakri Isoboye. Also, you can get copies of my books, A Cocktail of Words, The Color of Words, in my HRO notebook on Amazon and on Robin Heights online bookstores. You can also subscribe to my YouTube page at the same address. Yes, till we see you again. Bye for now.